If you are a businesswoman working to amplify your six and seven figure business from success to significance, then you know it's not just about the right strategies or the right tactics. It's more and more about high caliber people around you, your team, your collaborators, and advisors that can open doors for you and widen your reach. Welcome to your Circle of Influence podcast with your hosts, Dr. Monica Ogando and Amy Walker. Welcome, everybody, to your Circle of Influence podcast. I am your co-host, Dr. Monica Ogando. And I'm Amy Walker. And we are so delighted that you are here. You know, we love the, the mix that we have on our podcast episodes because some of them we bring some guest experts and we get to vamp with them. And then we get to talk to you specifically when we have just like the Amy and Monica parade. Then we can talk about some of our, our own expertise and get to show off what we know and how we know it, right? And it's best mm -hmm. practices. And then, but here's the thing though, that a lot of times um, it's very easy to turn the spotlight on the subject matter expertise instead of you yourself. This is particularly, this is something that I teach in my sales mastery formula where it's like you have a particular selling style and mm -hmm. there's some people whose selling style is technician, right? Like I know what I know, I'm going to be the plumber that you know saves your plumbing, right? Then there are others who are mentor guides and they're more warm out. Let me show you the way and they have a process. Mm -hmm. Then there are folks who are a star or a guru, kind of like Kim Kardashian or um, Grant Cardone is one of those star guru examples. And they're like, just do what I do. Live like I live. This is aspirational mm -hmm. for you, right? And then there are others that are connectors and, and relationship brokers. And that's a little bit different because that's more about like, here's a resource. Here's a person. Let me introduce you. So you have to know what your selling style is so that you can jump in in your best, um, in your best light. Interesting. I think I'm a 50-50. I would mm -hmm. say I'm 50% technician and 50% connector. Mm -hmm. I would what agree do you think that. you are? I think I'm, I am like 99.99% mentor guide. <laughs> <laughs> What's the 0. .0001? Probably star guru because I do have a sassy personality. It's a Latina in me. Nice. <laughs> well, I love it. I, I really love those types of models because I think it also helps you to feel like there's more than one way to create success. Like, oh my gosh, I would be terrible being the star guru. Mm -hmm. I would be the worst at that because yeah. I don't have anything that interesting to show you about my life that you would want to follow, you know, that like very interesting and you're welcome. Well, but like, I wouldn't know how to document it. I find it fascinatingly funny. This morning when I woke up, one of my kids had barfed in their bed because he ate too many chips before bed. And so he had to take a bath. <laughs> he had to take a bath. So I made up this whole song and dance about taking a bath and washing off barf. And it was pretty great. So, you know, that's interesting, but I don't know that anyone else wants to see it. So <laughs> Okay, so we have a great guest for you today. Um, she is a dear friend of mine, a longtime mentor, business collaborator. She loves the color purple. She loves prints. Um, she giggles at everything I say and thinks I'm funnier than the average human does. Da da da. Her name is Monica. Oh, Dondo. I forgot the doctor. 
Yes, that's okay. Dr. Monica Gondo is our guest today. Welcome to the show. We're so glad you're here. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, Amy. (laughs) Okay, so in all reality, Monica and I do different types of shows. So we do the shows where we interview other people and we kind of get their backstory and their journey and their perspective. And then we do the shows where we go into like that technician mode where we're like, Hey, here's what we think about this. Mm -hmm. But I thought it would be fun to do a Monica interviews Amy show and an Amy interviews Monica show. So Mm -hmm. you can kind of get the back, back behind the scenes backstory of us as well. So I'm excited that you're here. I'm excited that you're my guest. (laughs) <laughs> I'm excited to be a guest. Nice. All right. So Monica, let's talk about your origin story. Did it involve radioactive spiders? How did you, you get to where you are It today? probably did. And, uh, and it's completely unbeknownst to me. But so here's what <laughs> happened. <laughs> here's what happened. I was in the financial services field. I was working as a stockbroker, as a financial planner. And this was around the time of the internet dot com bust and fun times fun times so what happened was it was a boom first right and so everybody's going online and everybody's trying to uh systemize their thing and a lot of our personalized services were getting downsized because people were like well i mean if i can do my trades online what do i need you for and mm-hmm. so just because the market fluctuates doesn't mean that your sales quota and your production goals and objectives in your business uh change So I had to figure out a way to attract and engage and retain high net worth clients, regardless of what was happening in the market. I started documenting that. And those notes became a program that then I started teaching inside of the company that I worked for. And when my performance review came around, I was ready. I was ready for the promotion. I was ready for the salary increase because I knew that I was not only kicking it out of the park for myself, but I was that what I was teaching was empowering other sales associates to also um, increase their performance. Mm-hmm. And unbeknownst to anybody at the time, a week prior to that performance review, I had been given a stage four cervical cancer diagnosis and given about a year to live. And I was still kind of reeling from that. I was like, what do I do? Who do I yeah. tell? what's happening in my life. My daughter at the time was three years old. I just, it was just a haze, you know, I was just in shock. So when I walked in there, a friend and a colleague pulled me to the side and she said, I don't know if you know this, but I overheard them talking in the bathroom and you're about to get fired. And I don't know what happened, Amy, but something like the survival instinct kicked in. And I was like, oh no, see, my life is at stake and now you're messing with my money. Oh, heck no. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I walked in there with a little bit of a George Jefferson kind of walk, you know, like I yeah. want, like I dare you, you know, you go from hoping to wishing, you know, you hope things turn out with, but I wish somebody would, you know? And so <laughs> I walked in there kind of like ready for a fight. And when they, I, all I heard was after all the praise, you know, the, the whole feedback sandwich, right? Positive, negative, positive. I mm-hmm. heard, we would love to give you a very generous severance package because we're going to keep your intellectual property. And so my Scooby-Doo ears came up like, what, what do you mean you're going to keep it? And I remember them saying, you know, everybody that, that gets employed by us has to sign an intellectual property agreement that says anything that you create under our employment becomes work product. I didn't sign that. So Mm -hmm. what happens is that when you first get employed, you have a thousand different things to sign, direct deposit, W2, blah, 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 health insurance. And I remember looking at this IPA and I was like, I don't even know what I'm going to have for breakfast tomorrow, let alone what I might create. And I didn't sign it. But I also didn't make a big deal of it. 
So everybody left it alone until now it becomes relevant because now they want this intellectual property that I created. And thank goodness for friends in high places because I had a lawyer who had gone to school in the same place where I went to undergrad, shout outs to the University of Miami. And he said to me, make sure that you have a copyright derivative clause in your contract with them. What is a copyright derivative clause, pray tell? Well, you know how James Brown has been dead for years? He's Mm -hmm. still one of the highest paid musicians in the industry. Why? Because he's also the most sampled artist in music history. Mm. So every time somebody uses one of James Brown samples, his estate gets paid. Mm -hmm. And that's the same thing with copyright derivative. You create a source material and you get paid for the derivative when people create other material based on that. And so we we inserted that in the contract. My last employer became my first client and I continued to teach this intellectual property but now it was as a consultant and now it was a train the trainer program and now it was Mm -hmm. consulting for their training department and what would end up happening is that their sales associates that would come to my classes would also bring their clients who typically were entrepreneurs and small business owners themselves and they would come to me after class and say hey do you just teach for them or can i bring you to my company and you do a sales training for my sales team or operational training or communications training or teamwork development, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So my business coaching career developed in the trenches. It was by actually doing business and um, thank goodness, cancer free now almost 20 years in the making. And my daughter is now a fully grown woman. She's active service in the, in the Navy. And that was what started the company because literally I went to the accounting department to say, who do we make the check out to? And I was like, um, Ogando Associates <laughs> because <laughs> it was my last name and Associates made it sound really professional. I went home, I incorporated, I opened a bank account and deposited the check and hoped that it cleared. And it sure Love did. It. Love it. That's how that started. So Everybody has peaks and valleys, and I think the valleys are some of the most instructive times for us in our business. And it's not like we just have one, right? Like, it's not like you walk through one valley and that's it for the rest of your time and being. But I'd love to hear a moment that was defining for you where it was hard, but you just stepped up and made it through. So think back to 2008. 2008, another market fluctuation, real estate market bombed the market itself bombed. And that was the year that I was awarded Inc. 500 as one of the fastest growing companies in the United States. Very proud moment, but very conflicting because it was also the worst financial year of my adult life until then and since then. And I felt like a fraud. I was like, if these people knew how much money I lost, they would snatch this award so fast. They'd be like, come on, girl, stop being, stop lying to people. You don't know what you're doing. And I remember a mentor saying to me, you have to understand that awards and acknowledgement are a lagging indicator of success. They Mm -hmm. tell you what you've done to get here, but your thoughts and your practices and behaviors are leading indicators of success. It's what you think now, it's what you do now, it's what you practice now that will set you up for success later. So don't let this stop you, don't let this freeze you. And it was the best thing that I could have heard at the time because it allowed me to stop wallowing in my self-pity and in my woe is me and self-flagellation of I don't know what I'm doing and maybe I'm not cut out for this and what the heck am I doing and maybe I should just go get a job and who's hiring now and ah, right? Mm -hmm. And so it allowed me to then just reinvent myself and keep going because I had done great work and I can continue to do great work since. So that was was a, a great dip that was very, very instructive. 
I love that advice. Awesome. I'm making a mental note. That may be my aha that I've come back to at the end, <laughs> but you don't know that's coming because nope. you're just a guest. I'm just a guest. <laughs> Okay. So what are, like, what comes next? What are you currently working on and how are you contributing? Well, so one of the ways that I'm contributing is just through this podcast. I love working with you, Amy. This, this is amazing. I, one of the things that I discovered and made peace with about myself is that I am kind of like, again, musical Tourette's. It's uh, like that Neil song says, I'm a force when I'm by myself, but I'm, a, no, I'm a movement by myself, but I'm a force when we're together. Mm. <laughs> So it's, it's really amplifying the work and the service that I want to do by collaborating with powerhouses like you. And at this point, I don't know that I have anything else to prove. At this point, I feel like uh, you get tenure and you have enough of doing, doing, doing under your belt that now it's like, I just want to teach people what they need to know so that, so that you're, you're lifting as you climb. You know, it's one of our core values here mm -hmm. in the circle of influence. And so for me, the, what's next is empowering the women who have already reached a level of success and now they're really interested in amplifying their significance. Okay, so Monica, we've talked a lot about your journey and what you're working on. I know one of your areas of genius is helping women with their financial literacy. Mm -hmm. And um, if people have been listening to this podcast for a while, they also know that that is one of your levels of genius. So do you wanna just tell us a little bit about um, where people should get started if they're really trying to step into being the financial CEO of their business and their practice, mm -hmm. give us a couple of tips. Yeah. So the first thing is that money is a tool. I think sometimes we use it as a measuring stick of our own worth or our own adequacy. And it isn't. Mm -hmm. uh, I remember when I was, when I was still employed in corporate America, I, and I was living in Miami at the time and I was going through a tunnel or I was going through a um, overpass and a billboard said it was by Citibank of all things. It was a competitor. I was like, Ooh, let me see what they're doing with their marketing. And the billboard said you were born pre-approved. And I was like, man, when did they start preaching and teaching? Right? Because that's such a universal message. And so my, one of my first tips for the money journey is understand that your worth is non-negotiable. That was, that was already pre-established by your creator. And that's not what your career accomplishments or your money conversations ever say. That's really more uh, a measuring tool for where you are going and what you know so far and what you've practiced so far, but it has nothing to do with your worth. Mm -hmm. Love it. Okay. Is that tip number one or tip, tip number 10? Not... <laughs> Cause there was like 10 layers in that. <laughs> I know. I know. I can't help it. Um, you know, and something that I teach um, the, the women in my Women, Wealth, and Worthiness class, um, that's number one. And number two is that given that, given that your worth is non-negotiable, now, what kind of wealth do you want to create? Because there comes a point where you're so busy in survival, and the survival strategies get you to a certain level, right? Mm -hmm. Imagine if you were drowning and somebody had a, a tank of oxygen. That's amazing. But when your breathing is not at stake, when you're breathing just fine, then a tank of oxygen is like, okay, that's nice, but I don't need that. I need something else. I need something bigger. And so when you want to know what your horizon is for your wealth, and it's okay that the first milestone to have to cross is the survival, because you have to cross that. That's a prerequisite to go to success. And I always say that the object of your business, the purpose of your business is not to make money any more than the purpose of your life is to make oxygen. But if you're not breathing, you can't be available for the purpose of your life. And so your business has to be 
money making in order for it to be available for its contribution too. So we have to get clear about how do we get past arrival so that we can get into our success and our sustainability. That's tip number two. And then tip number three is get financially literate. I think sometimes we look at money like this is just, I just need to make as much money as possible. Well, yes, that's great. And there's a way to make it. There's a way to distribute it so that you can honor the priorities that are important to you and the stages of life that you're in. There was a stage in my life when my children were little and I had different priorities than now that they're grown. Now I'm a grandmother. Now I have aging parents that I have to take care of. My priorities, my financial priorities and commitments are different and I'm older. And so now I'm looking at, you know, what does retirement even look like? Considering that I love what I do and I can do it till the day I die, what the heck does retirement even look like? And what does it even mean? And so you want to get financially literate for, so that you are equipped to handle yourself at all stages of your financial life. I love that. And I just want to add in there as well that I don't really think, I used to think that you could just earn your way to wealth. Mm -hmm. I think you manage your way to wealth. I don't think you can earn your way there because the, like if you're just earning, earning, earning and not managing, it's like a faucet. Mm -hmm. You got the bathtub on, but there's no drain. Like yeah. it's just, it's just running in and out. That's right. That's a great analogy. Awesome. All right. Well, Monica, we are going to come back after our break with more wisdom and a listener challenge. Great. You have worked hard and you've earned your place at the table of influence. Wouldn't it be great to have a board of advisors that celebrate your wins, support your growth and challenge your blind spots? That's why we host our influencer circles for six and seven figure business women. You are a high achieving entrepreneur woman who wants a deep dive in business strategy, collaboration, and strategic relationships. Go to yourcircleofinfluence.com forward slash influencers and reserve a spot in one of our upcoming circles. Welcome back to your Circle of Influence podcast. I am your host, Amy Walker, and our guest today is also our co-host, Dr. <laughs> Monica Ogando. Hi. So we're glad that you're back. We have a listener challenge for you. My listener challenge for you is actually to, um, I want to I go back to the money conversation we were just having, your, your wealth and your worthiness. I want you to set your financial intentions for your life. Mm -hmm. I know that sounds major, but at the same time, it's pretty simple. What is your goal and what are your objectives and what are you trying to achieve? And then you can align your financial strategies with that. But you got to start with knowing what you want first. Is that, is that acceptable, Monica? I love it. You are awesome. On. Awesome. All right. Well, let's move into our lightning round. So number one, what's the best piece of business advice you have ever received? Do you know that my best... Uh, business advice didn't come from a business mentor. It came from my pastor. At the time that I was facing cancer, I didn't know who to tell in my family because I was like, I don't want this to be a Telemundo moment where everybody's like, oh my God, and we're going to pray. And, oh. and I didn't want to manage that. I didn't have the bandwidth <laughs> to deal with their energy and my own. I was scared enough. I was clueless enough. And I made an appointment with my pastor and she said, which conversation are we having? Are you getting ready to live or are you getting ready to die? And to somebody who's facing a stage four cancer diagnosis, that's pretty jarring to the system. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but it was also revolutionary because I was like, wait, number one, I have a choice. I can choose which conversation to be in. And then number two, 
it made everything focus. Because if I'm having the conversation about living, the fear and the what if and oh my God and the gr anticipation grief is doesn't have a place. And if I'm getting rid of that, then all this conversation about alternative healing and I'm going to try this, I'm going to try that and pray for me, then that doesn't make sense either because you're getting ready to check out. So the best business advice was pick a lane <laughs> mm -hmm. and commit to it. Awesome. Okay. What inner dragons have you had to slay along your path to success? Oh my gosh. How much time do we have? So the first one was the imposter syndrome. That seems to be that. I don't know that you ever slay that one because every time that you get to a new level, there's another level of inadequacy that you haven't touched yet. Yeah, <laughs> that's of, true. I'm new here. I don't know what I'm doing. And so that one is kind of like the Ed Harris in the Beautiful Mind movie, you know, he was kind of like this. Mm -hmm. So you always carry it, but there's a time when you know how to manage it and how to keep it quiet. That's not Ed Harris in that movie. Isn't that Russell Crowe? Well, he's the protagonist. Oh. Yeah. But the like, schizophrenic voice was Ed Harris. Oh yeah. 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 Okay. Got it. Okay. Um, question number three, who is your current business girl crush? You mean besides you, Amy Walker? Yep. <laughs> um, I really, really enjoy what Arlen Hamilton is doing. Uh, she has been somebody that we've had in our podcast and she founded Backstage Capital. She, un she funds underrepresented women-owned, minority-owned businesses with venture capital and angel investor capital that wouldn't otherwise be available. And I just love what she's doing with that. I love her book. It's about damn time. And uh, mm -hmm. I think everybody should go check it out. Awesome. Okay. What's the number one door that you want to open for you right now? You know, I think that uh, there's, there's a population of women who already are, excuse my French, but they're already badasses. They're already rocking and rolling. They are already knocking it out of the park. And it's time for us to step into that power, own it, speak it, allow it, and empower each other and ourselves to be able to move forward and create the impact that we want. So the next door for me is to connect with those women and empower them in such a way that they can fly and soar. Love it. Okay. When you've achieved all the business goals and you get to just look at contribution, how do you want to make the world a better place? You know, just like the imposter syndrome is the shadow that always follows you. I think contribution is also the horizon that always follows you. There's it, you never mm -hmm. reach it. And so for me, the contribution piece is about, um, like, I, like we always say in your circle of influence, lift as you climb. I'm very mm -hmm. interested in doing philanthropic work with organizations that empower women economically, that do the financial literacy, like Women for Women International focuses on women who are in economically ravaged countries, war torn mm -hmm. countries where their children have been kidnapped to serve as child soldiers or their, their husbands are not in the, in the town anymore and they have to be the economic engine. Because there's one thing that you and I know that, that our listeners know is that when you empower a woman economically, it's not just her wallet that wins. It's the community. There are better schools. Yeah. There's better policies. There's more social justice. And for me, the contribution is about let's empower them so that we can get a, an even sweeter world for everybody. Absolutely. Love it. Okay. How can listeners connect with you? <laughs> you mean besides your circle of influence.com? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Everywhere on social media, I am Monica Oganda. You can reach me there as well. And MonicaOganda.com. Awesome. Okay. So my takeaway for today is that conversation about your, you know, your compliments, your, your compliments. I can talk. Your accomplishments are really past indicators and your thoughts and your beliefs are your future success indicators. Yeah. Because 
it's hard sometimes when you're not in a season of accomplishment mm -hmm. to really still feel like you are as great as you've been. It's interesting how sometimes we don't allow our successes to add to our value of self, but we allow our challenges and our failures to subtract to, from our value of self. And it's really dumb. Like, can we just say that? It's just dumb. Yeah. Stop yeah. that. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> All right. Did you have an aha from yourself? Um, you know, the, the stories that I have told today, some of them I couldn't get through without crying in, at some stage in my life. Uh -huh. And now I'm speaking about them like they happened to somebody else. Uh -huh. And not that I'm disconnected from it because I, I was there. I know it happened. But, yeah. but it's very reassuring to know that, that no matter how dark the, the moment is or the valley is, that there's going to come a time when you're going to come outside of it. And there's going to come and you're going to have enough time and distance and wisdom and perspective outside of it where it's going to sound like it happened to somebody else and you can get some perspective about it. Yeah. And I think it's just helpful that if they're in their valley to remember that feelings change. So mm -hmm. how you feel about it right now is right. There's no wrong way to feel. There's no wrong way to be, yeah. but it doesn't mean you're going to feel that way about it forever. It will change. Perspective yeah. changes. Mm -hmm. So Awesome. Thank you so much, Monica, for being my guest today. I love it. And for all of our listeners, thank you for being on with us and for um, your time and your energy. And we just would not have a show without you. So we really appreciate you being here. Please uh, leave us some comments. Let us know what were your aha moments from our amazing, beautiful guest who loves Prince and Purple. And we look forward to seeing you back again next time. Bye, everybody. Thanks for having me. 